All right. Welcome to I'm a Rescue podcast. Today we have a very special guest. She's CEO of Funny Mom Productions and producer of The Funniest Housewives. She's the host of Giggle Gab, KDOC, What's Up Orange County. And she just came out with a new book, The Funniest Housewives. We have Julie Kidd. Yay. Yay. I always clap by myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm always clapping. Thanks, Julie. For doing the yeah, I'm excited. I'm ex- excited to find out more about you. Okay, you know what I mean. Like I don't, and I can edit whatever out. Whatever. Yeah, out. I'll have Tom do that um, tedious work. I just okay. Yeah, ask me anything. <laughs> I, where are you? Well, I just want to tell you that you. In fact, I was talking to my son today. You and you and first of all, I want to apologize. You and Tom were my first giggle gab, and we were at your house for so long. It got to the point where I would now I would do giggle gabs in like 10 minutes. I'm like, I just need you. God, we just wore out our welcome. I'm so oh, I, I, we were happy to do it. I, I you made the drive like pre pandemic yeah. and traffic was hardcore. Now you go back and forth from Agora to Orange County. No big deal. Everyone's yeah. left California. <laughs> but you so you go down in history as our first interview on Gilgab. And I did so many with some so many great comedians. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, we had fun. We had fun doing it. It seems just like yesterday, but it was already three years ago, I think. Yeah, time time flies, man. It really does. Julie, where are you from? Okay, I was born in Long Beach as a young girl and stayed there till I was about eight or so. And then I moved to Placentia, which is inland, Orange County, and went to school there and, you know, got in fights and all that. I was, you know, grew up as a bully. I didn't know you were a California girl. Yeah, California. And I still love Long Beach. You know, of course, so many of my family is now deceased, but I really feel their the ancestry when I'm in Belmont Shore. Like I feel my family there. Really? And yeah, I got obsessed with Ancestry.com and I looked up all my, you know, relatives and I felt like I have the had these close relationships with them. I just it was it was awesome. So love being there. Love Long Beach. Yeah, I have some family near you by uh, Torrance. That's kind of, well, I guess that's not that. Eh. Torrance is not close. Someone in my brain, it is. Though. It someone, is. someone, yeah, Torrance is not maybe to Long Beach, but where I am yeah, now, Long Beach. I'm in close to Mesa now by South Coast Plaza. Okay. Is that the, I think I've performed at a, at a mall court near there. I think, I don't know. Recently? It's all, no, no. Oh. Uh, a couple years ago. Um, yeah, I love it out here. I'm right by Mastro's, South Coast Plaza, Capitol Grill. I mean, I'm vegan, but still all those restaurants have great, you know, food for any, you know, menu choice. But, yeah. and I'm right by Segerstrom, the art, the performing arts. So oh, nice. of course now with COVID, it's, you know, everything's gone to shit, but. Right, for sure. Love it though. <laughs> on love it here. Wait. It makes for good walks. There's a lake over here and yeah, I love it. You said you hang out with your dogs? No, I said it makes for a good walk around oh, here. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Is I don't a- have any dogs. I have two cats that I'm sick in love with. Meow. Nothing makes me happier than when both of my cats are laying in bed. Oh, I was going to say, isn't it nice? Because like we're both not in LA. So we have that space to walk around. Like, you know, we're in the, out in the suburbs and you have that space just to like walk around. Like I yeah. I've always been grateful for living here 
but even more so the last nine months. I'm so thankful that I have. I like your, um, that picture in the back with all those inspirational quotes. I use that in my MLM videos. And you're such a hustler. (laughs) You You are so inspiring. You are. This is about you, Julie. This is about you. Um, when did you start stand-up? I started, um, I took a class um, in August, on August 2nd, 1991. 91, that's awesome. I took, uh, we're, and I took all of the comedy workshops that were going on. And, you know, I've never stopped. In fact, now that it's COVID, this is the longest I've gone without being on stage. So, you know, that gave me time to write The Funniest Housewives, which is the book I just launched when laughter and inspiration collide. I love it. Yeah. Oh, you're in it. And I love your jokes. Um, they're so funny. So when you started your <laughs> class- DUIs, the, the oh, yeah. tandem you. bike. Oh, thank and- you. I'm honored to be in it. So when you started your classes in nine, uh, in 91, did you, did you take classes in Orange County, in LA, like all over? In Orange County, in Huntington Beach, this guy, why am I having a blank on his name? He'll kill me. He had comedy classes in his garage and he had like a stage set up. Wow. And I mean, it was back in the day, I think Nazareth had just started and uh, not a lot of people have continued. So I took his class. I took... Um, I forget his name now in LA, a couple of his, you know, advanced beginning and advanced workshops. And um, Judy Carter had a workshop in Big Bear and my stepsister, Cindy Burns, who passed away a few years ago. um, She and I did that workshop and that was like, we were driving down the mountain going, oh my God, we were just inspired and dreaming. And, um, and, you know, I, we never stopped. And then you know, Did it help having uh, your your stepsister start comedy with you? You guys, she had been doing it for a year before me, and okay. parents went through a bad divorce, so we had, didn't talk for a while. And I ran into her like five years later, and I'm like, "Oh my god, oh my god, what have you been up to?" And she said, "Comedy." And I have this in the book, and I was like, "You've got to be kidding!" Because I had secretly been, you know, dreaming about that, but there wasn't a lot of, you know avenues and so I said how'd you get started and then she turned me on to the workshop and and then we were hooked at the hip ever since you know so it was a challenging competitive you know awesome ride we did so many great things together and and then you know we were in in a group called the laugh pack for five years we met every Sunday and wrote jokes and um, had meetings. I mean, even if it was Christmas, we were together every Sunday and we just loved this group. And that's where, you know, that was later on in our comedy career. That's where we really developed our comedy chops. And then that ended and we tried something else. And then we were sitting in my condo with Vince Harper. Now it was just Vince Harper, Cindy Burns and I, and she's like, I want to do a female comedy show. And, you know, even when it's such a male dominated industry, right determined and you know it, it it was hard in the beginning but it just turned it, it just the harder we worked um you know we broke a lot of you know glass ceilings and um it really is one it, one of the longest one of the longest running there's not many female comedy shows um in the country and now 2021 will be going on 13 years that's incredible so when you were doing the workshops and getting you know both you guys were inspired to do um, produce female female shows not at that time so much not not like later on later yeah that didn't happen until 
you know, 13 or so years ago, we just want, you just wanted to get an open mic anywhere you could. Right, you know? right. So, so we didn't start doing group comedy, like with the Laugh Pack until like 2004 or something. Okay. Do you, do, when you started though, were there any female comics that you uh, looked up to like Joan Rivers or any, any? She, Cindy loved Joan Rivers. Yeah, she was my favorite too. Uh, Joan passed a little before Cindy and Cindy actually won the Joan Rivers funny something competition and um but that was on we tv cindy won that so she got to hang out with Joan rivers for three days oh my gosh of you know kirsten wig of course wendy liebman i was so in awe of wendy liebman and you know that was you know years and years and years ago i saw her do a, something on tv and you know back you know 30 years ago right like oh my god i want to do that and here wendy now has done you know a ton of funniest housewives shows isn't that a surreal moment when you look up to someone and then you're like, oh, I'm giving them work now or I get to work with them now? Yeah, I, it's so humbling and it's such, I'm so grateful. And I love Wendy. I mean, she's just a phenomenal human being. And I did a giggle gab with her and we played piano together and we laughed. I did. I also do palm reading comedians, which I've done that with you too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was so funny. You know, all these silly things. I don't know. I just... Whatever I do, I, I don't know. I just love doing them. So, so then, um, what, so were you and Cindy, did you both create, uh, Funniest Housewives? No, she, um, she, we were literally sitting on the floor in my condo and she said, I want to do, I'm taking a bath and I want to, I've decided I want to come up with an all female, um, show. And she goes, I'm thinking like funny housewives. Cause the real housewives were so popular. And Vince Harper is the, really the one that said, if you're going to do it, be the best, call it funniest housewives. And so I was more of a silent partner for, um, you know, a lot of different reasons I, you know, I won't go into here, but, um, and we were, you know, stepsisters and very, very close. So we did a lot of the shows. You know, I was, I was in a lot of the shows, but I was also doing single mom, the musical. So and I had my heart in that, you know, right. Cause I do a lot of song parodies and piano and stuff. So, um, and then when she got sick, I did, a, you know, I did, you know, I, you know, the flyers, this, the, that, I mean, so much work, you know, was created on the back end. Um, she wasn't real tech savvy or anything. So um, I helped her. And then, if, I mean, there's, there was a time we were in Boston and she was so sick with cancer. I literally, I was with Francis DiLorenzo. We're in Boston in the winter. I carried her on the stage. I mean, she would not she never stopped doing comedy until the last, her last breath. Wow. There was one show, and of course I talk about this in the book, she was in the hospital and she finally had to cancel a few shows, but we left the Funniest Housewives show on the calendar. It was at the Coach House, August 7th, 2014. And she, she couldn't make that show. Of course I was there, you know, producing it, but, and then she died 10 days later. But the book has all the info, all that. And, you know, I've taken all these pictures over the years. It's so weird how I have video, the video and pictures that I have. Some of the pictures in the book are just breathtaking. And it's going to be really interesting because a lot of the comedians, they don't, won't remember that I even took that picture. Right, right. Picture, one of my favorite pictures is, it was when Cindy was sick um, and I was there. Kara Soltanovich is on stage. and. It, they're the steps that go down the coach house, uh, which the coach house is legendary. It, it's on the steps is Taylor Tomlinson and Wendy Liebman. 
priceless photograph. Oh, that's awesome. And I think that's what, probably one of my favorite. And then I have a picture of Cindy at the end. And I just launched, I'm just launching some advertising and social media marketing and she's holding her heart. I mean, all these pictures I have of her, I have, you know, I mean, in the hospital, I have pictures of her. I didn't put those in there, but I'm hoping the book is going to be a documentary and I have all that footage incredible footage. I have, you know, Aloe Black, who's a famous singer who has known the family for a long time. When she was dying, she, he called her and I have, you know, video of him singing, wake me up while she was laying there. And of course we're remarkable. And I loved bringing more funny women, including you on that stage, you know, you know, the last four years that I've been by myself running it, which is not as fun without her. But while I was writing this book, I wrote nonstop for 12 to 18 hours a day. Wow. Get up and write till one, two in the morning because I felt her with me. And sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night and she'd be like, change that picture. You need to change that picture. Put this in. Like I have goosebumps right now. I couldn't, I had to keep going because she was so strong, her energy as I was putting this book together and I didn't want to like write things down and try to remember it. So I would just, I literally, you know, I gained, you know, 10 pounds. I didn't go out and walk. I never left my, my home. I just wrote. And, um, the idea came to me just out of the blue. It was called something else. And then I, it was turning into the story of the funniest housewives. Anyway, it's 175 pages. It's I'm super excited and proud of it. And it's kind of my, it's like my dedication to Cindy, you know, so excited. I wish I, I wish I had met her. I, I didn't, um, I didn't, yeah. I didn't meet her, but I just hear wonderful things. But I bet Tom has met her. Tom probably met her. Tom probably has probably has yeah. with her. And part of the book wasn't, um, had a connection to helping young girls. Was that part of the book? Well, cause originally it was Laughformations when, when, when laughter, uh, and inspiration collide. So in the book, there's tons of inspiring quotes from the comedians, which is amazing. And then I have a lot of inspiring quotes, you know, throughout. So, you know, whether you want to get on the stage and do comedy or you just have a dream, I guarantee you money back guarantee by the time you finish this book, you will be empowered and inspired to go out and do what you want to do. If you don't, I will give your money back. So it is absolutely funny, uplifting, inspiring, true, sad, but the show kept going and the show must go on. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to read it. Yeah, I, know, I can't wait. For, I can't wait to send you guys copies. And, you know, I know I haven't talked much about it. I just been working like an, uh, like yeah. an addict, just work, 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 work. So what did, com- like, what did, when you started, what is, what, what was your comedy goals back then, back in, you know, early nineties to what your comedy goals are today? Well, it's so funny when you do your first show, it's like your graduation, if you're in a workshop and you, I, I remember thinking if I could just do three minutes and my hand was shaking. Oh my God. <laughs> I, um, after, my, after that set and people were laughing cause they knew me, it was my family. And I'm like, oh my God, I am hilarious. I'm probably going to be on Arsenio Hall next. <laughs> like freaking bomb for 10 years after that. You just suck and suck. And, you know, it's such a head game, but, you know, it's an odd passion. You just keep going. And when you start really growing and getting some great jokes together, and then, you know, I started catching some really good breaks. You know, one uh, hilarious, I was on The View a few times, but I won 
the Hilarious Housewives, which was a national competition, and then some local competitions. And I got written up in Modern Mom Magazine and, you know, Reader's Digest and Better Homes and Gardens, like all these weird publications. And you start going, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I am funny. Maybe I do have something, but, you know, you do it because you love it. Right, right. You know, you know, and then the rest comes. And, you know, I started really making some really good money at doing comedy. And then, you know, for the last few years, especially, and then COVID hit. Yeah, with corporates and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to be a famous, you know, comedian. I wanted to be on, you know, all these different, you know, I wanted to make it my business. And um, thank God you're in huge denial in the beginning, because you would probably you don't know. Well, I think what's um, interesting about your career as, as, uh, as an outsider looking in and tell me if I'm wrong, but like, you're not so much as like a road dog as you've found ways to stay in California, build your business, get stage time, just working around. Like, I know you go out yeah. of town too. I know you go to, you headline in Mexico and, and um, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And, and what the funny is you're not like in Oklahoma on a, on a right at the comedy store or something. Well, I'm a single mom and I got, had three kids. Right. So I have a full time. I had a full time job. Plus, I taught dance. I taught tap for 25 years and then comedy. So I just stayed local and I wrote other books that I've published. And I think that comics have an idea that there's there's just this one way to get there. Uh, as far as building stage time and getting being a headliner as far as like you have to be on the road and I don't think you do when you're when you mix producing into it I think it creates more avenues especially being in California there's a lot more opportunities you don't have to go to you know yeah you don't have to be on the road sleeping in shitty you know condos and disgusting ugh I couldn't do that. So it took me longer to really get to that place I wanted to be. But, you know, you figure it out. Um, You figure it out. But I think the most important thing, especially for, um, and I do a lot of coaching now, which has been really, really wonderful because I love seeing women just flourish and, you know, whatever. But um, I think the most important thing you can do in the beginning of comedy is have a room. You know, I had Java Joe's for a that's where I think I first booked Tom, your husband. Yeah, yeah. I remember Tom mentioning that place. <laughs> and I watched him because someone said, book Tom Clark. And I watched him and I'm like, who the F is this guy? Because he was, uh, Tom is one of my favorite. And then Canadians. we felt so I bad. Love him. There was a couple of times where Tom booked stuff in Chicago and was gone and had to, had to reschedule with you a bunch. And, and he felt. Well, so- that was for, because I, that was for the funniest husband. So yeah. I thought. I had so many men. Anyway, so the most important thing is have a room in the beginning because it really makes you strong producing and, and meeting and networking. But I had so many men reach out and go, hey, I would love to do your Funniest Housewife show. So I finally booked one man. Vince Harper used to host it back in the day and then and then we parted ways with Vince. But Jason Stewart, and he is a great um, comedian. He's gay. And so we would call him the gayest husband and audiences love him. So... I finally, so I had a lot of men, you know, reaching out and then I started the funniest husbands. And of course, one of the first guys I put on the lineup, you know, was Tom Clark and um, just so funny, Don Friesen, Vince Harbour. I had a big show planned for this past June in Brea with some other, um, you know, in fact, Tom was probably on that one too. I can't even remember, but yeah, he had to cancel a couple times and, 
And I wanted him to come with you and do the Funniest Housewives comedy competition last year, which was the first annual. And that was so exciting. And I couldn't wait to do the contest again this summer. And then- was that, what, what was that like, that process? Was it overwhelming or do you feel like you and Tom Real did it together, right? Tom. Yeah, I had to partner up and he's a great person to partner up with. So when I first thought about, because so many women, you know, I want to be in your show. I want to be in your show. And I get it, but I really, you know, it, it really is professional comedians that have been in the business for a long time. If you've been doing comedy for a couple months, it's just, it's no. Right. But I, well, let me, there's funny women out there and I had kind of not been, I've been doing like public speaking and theater. So I wasn't really doing anything real local. And of course the improvs in the coach house, but um, not seeing who's out there. So I thought, well, let me put this contest together. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. And then of course the ego goes, oh my, oh, who do you think you are? This is so stupid. You have no right having a competition in this bit. You know, I went through that whole head game, but I'm like, well, but I'm still doing, I know how that process is. In fact, that's part of my inspiring quote in the book. As you know, there's the inspirational quotes by you comics. And, um, but I just kept going. And so we got all, so Tom and I sat, we had meeting after meeting and we got everything set up. He's so good at that too. And um, no one signed up and I'm like, okay, see Julie, how dumb um, I'll be embarrassed for a couple months, but I was almost kind of glad like, okay, good. Because it was so much work and I was kind of feeling like, you know how you get, you're like, oh, who do I think I am? Like, oh, okay, I'm gonna have a contest. And then finally, ding, signed up, ding, ding, ding. You, you know, um, Don Rickles' daughter signed up. I mean, there was some really big. That's awesome. Yeah, I shared it a couple of times. I shared it in that comedy gal group. I think I yeah. tagged people. Um, and then, of course, you got to host and judge. And I had, you know, people in the industry judging. And you know what? It was successful. It was exciting. It was fun. It was fair. It was. And the girl who won, Jenna Perry, Probably, I thought she was funny, but I would have never booked her in a housewife show, but I'm so glad we had the contest because she's funny. Oh my God, she's so funny. She's done, a, you know, obviously a few shows now with the housewives and killed it. And she's one of those comedians that works hard. I hate when people show up and they go, oh my God, I haven't done comedy. I haven't even thought about my set in like a month. You're like, I'm paying you to be on stage. Right. Line or middle and you have not thought about your set. Like I'm, I'm a worker, I'm a hustler. Or when, or oh, I'm gonna like dish my pet peeves, but when you pay someone and then they take out their notes, like it's like the comedy exactly. story. Exactly. Like, chill, cool thing to do. Not in front of a real audience that's paid to be there. Yeah, don't take, don't bring notes on stage. It's, it's, you know, I do pay decent money for a housewife show. And that's why, you know, the women keep coming back and, and it's, it's great talent and the audiences, you know, have grown over the years. And, but anyway, so the competition, you know, I went back and forth in my head and then it was great. So I couldn't wait to do it again, but, but I met all these great women who needed help. You know, I didn't have that help when I was coming up, you know, in the very beginning. So I started doing the comedy round, female comedy round table. Cause I'm really am strong with female comedians. That's, you know, I love my men. I love, you know, Tom and Don Fries and Jeff Capri, all my guys, but um, I started doing the round table and that was a blast. And actually, you know, it made me stronger. It made me a better comedian. Yeah. Teaching where do you think that, where do you think that, um, desire to help women comes from? I just, you know, this is an industry that has been so male dominated 
And, you know, I don't know, I just, you know, I mean, I just love female um, ambition, empowerment, you know, we are like, you're such a bad bitch, you know, badass, like, you're just out there and you're hustling, like, I dig that. And so um, I see women kind of beginning struggling. And I'm like, I can help you. Like, I, you know, you, you might not be on the Tonight Show tomorrow. But um, so I started doing a little bit of private you know, on Zoom coaching and stuff like that. I do, I just love that. You know, I was a dance teacher for a long time and choreographer, and there's a certain thing when you love to teach and give and make people, you know, succeed and feel good and inspiring. And I hope that this book that I just launched is super inspiring, whether you want comedy or you just want to be, you know, an artist or anything. Yeah, I think as women, I think women are harder, we're harder on ourselves. We don't, we feel like we have that, we have to shut, at least for me, I have to shut that thing off in my head where it's like, oh, I'm not good enough for this. Like tell it yep. And I think when I get, you know, submissions, it's mostly dudes that it, it's that entitlement that, guys have over women not being aggressive enough about it sometimes you know what I mean like well and if we are aggressive you know we're, we're bitchy right but I just think you know you get what you give and I don't give to get but I think the universe loves gratitude and the universe loves giving and I want to man manifest you know the best in the areas that I try to pursue and put on the table you know, I love helping women. I, I'm just this, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a broken, bleeding heart. I love bugs. I save all the bugs. I was <laughs> for school because I was, you know, pulling bugs out of spider webs. I was turning the roly polies over because they were on their back. And, you know, of course, you know, I'm vegan. I just love animals. I just, I want to just save the world. But do you think, because I wanted to mention your kids, because your kids, um, well, your daughter's a dancer for Katy Perry, and then, and your son is such a, um, a, a advocate for the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And so where do you think their passion comes from? Well, I've always, they've never not known me to be like this. I'm very driven and I am a huge dreamer you know I didn't do I was the girl dreaming who like didn't even graduate high school because I was always dreaming and not something I mentioned very often but I've always kind of went down a different lane all my kids graduated uh, and my son graduated in prison but anyway mm -hmm. uh, they just you know I taught dance and you know my kids were you know in dance and excelling and um my son is so much like me, the one that was incarcerated for a long time. He's been out for almost four years. And it's interesting because his girlfriend sees his drive. And now because of COVID and they just had a baby, we're all living together. And she sees me for, you know, 12, eight, you know, he over here working and he's working. And she's like, I get where he, I see where he gets it. But, you know, my, I, I taught my kids and it's right on your wall. Follow your dreams. Like, anything is, anything is possible and you're going to have setbacks, but let those make you work even harder. Like I love when people go, Oh, how stupid that is or something. I'm like, Oh, really? Thank you. Um, you know, honestly, there's a couple, you know, housewives that kind of ghosted me on the book and I'm, you know, I felt really rejected. And of course you want to get into your insecurities and be all, Oh, but then I look at the great women that are in it. Um, Wendy Liebman, Mrs. Hughes, um, Karen. Yeah, I, so you bring that up and I struggle with that as a comic and a producer of feeling like, is this comedian my friend or are they using me for stage time and this relationship is fake? And right. so you go through this too. 
Yes. And um, I think it's okay if it's fake. I think we have to just have the comedy lens on and it's part of the business. It's part of the industry. Mm -hmm. I really do feel like you know, especially when you, I've hired them so many times for the show. I, I take it, the ins, my insecurity goes, oh, they don't think that I'm good enough. So they don't want to be, they don't want to be. That's how I get to. My name. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, it was so funny because, and this is really personal and I doubt they'll even, you know, they won't listen to me talk. But, but, honey, I don't think comics will listen to my podcast. Yeah. But <laughs> here's the thing. My daughter, Jasmine, yeah, she's danced with J-Lo, T- Taylor, and, and everybody who's anybody. She's toured with all over the world. She has had this great life. And in fact, just finished a new movie that's going to be out in spring and a new TV show that's coming out. She's on the set right now. But anyway, so she, it was so funny because I would, the girls that I, a couple of the girls I really wanted in it, you know, I sent them, they're like, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so then I'm like, okay, you know, two weeks later, um, okay, um, I haven't got your stuff yet. And some people like, that second gave me their stuff and I was so honored and they and then they I could see they read the 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 text and didn't just ghosted me and my daughter and my son because I'd be all okay I'm okay so I'm just gonna text him like for the fifth time and I'm gonna go okay maybe I'll just do the jokes for you and my kids were like mom it's like a breakup it's like a boyfriend girlfriend they don't want to date you you know don't text them and I'm like how about if I just, okay, I'm just going to go, Hey, just, you know, Hey, maybe you didn't see that my kids would, you know, they were, they watched me go through this journey too. And, um, you know, they've read the book and, and, you know, I've, I know almost all the jokes by heart. Now I spout out everybody's jokes. And, um, so, you know, yeah, there are always going to be insecurities, but everybody has them. I don't care who you, who you are, Joan Rivers. And this is a cliche, but Tom always reminds me that you meet the same people on the way up as you do on the way down. And it's, hell yeah. It's so true. Cause, um, and these, I I have no relations to these comics, but like, just to give you perspective in a pandemic, I see a thread of Arsenio Hall saying, is that parking lot show good? Or like Jamie Kennedy, like who books that rooftop? Like that's crazy. Like that's where we're at. You know what I mean? And and I've been doing some coaching and I tell the women that are a little more beginning, you know, people that are way up top here, they're not performing and stage time is crucial. So it's kind of, you know what, keep working the the more beginning because it's going to kind of even out a little bit. Like, you know, this is the time to really put the work in, whether you're writing and, you know, I practice in my home. I have, you know, a microphone and an amp and a stand like I just do shows I just practice that's awesome right and and now with the fun and of course now you know another book is you know come to fruition yeah yeah I I love producing comedy but as you know you got to fill I got to fill the improv I've got to fill up the coach house with audience so at first you're like oh my god okay so I'm doing a show and you're you're, you know and people aren't really buying tickets and so the stress and uh, I, but you know, I'm really good at manifesting. If someone buys one ticket, I'll be all, thank you universe. One ticket, woo! Cause yeah. one, three turns into eight, turns into 20. And, and I'm so stressed out. I'm like, why do I do this? Oh my God, this is so much stress and this and that and that and this. And of course dealing with, you know sometimes a little high maintenance, you know, uh, comedians. And, and then the show comes and it's packed and you have a killer set. Everyone kills, the audience is thrilled. You're like, oh, oh my God, 
oh, I'm going to do this again. You know, it's like working out. It's like, you, forget how it's like you, know, you, you, feel, you don't want to go to the gym and you get there and you have a great workout and you lost three pounds. You're like, oh my God, I'm going back tomorrow. You're so motivated. So no, it, it's the stress. It, it's very, very stressful. So like, so I'm a controlling person. I think that's why I wanted to produce comedy shows because the ones I was doing, I'm like, I can do this better. So is that more, is that what, what was the drive to, I know that Cindy wanted to produce uh, female lineups. So was that a drive like of wanting more stage time or like saying like, I can put on a good show? What was the drive in? in well, we had already been putting on shows with the Laugh Pack and it was Tom Real, Vince Harper. Um, God, I'm just blanking out on names. Jesus, uh, Willie Randolph and Cindy and I. So we'd already been doing comedy for a long time. And, you know, I just feel like, and she did too. And I did a lot of research, which is is a part of the my book too in the beginning it's interesting it's not like oh my god you know you're not like going to school and learning but there's so the research out there that women aren't as funny as men is just crazy and there are articles and there's this scientific shit but we just you know we wanted to do something for the women we love female comedy and uh the the real housewives were out there the view had you know the, the hilarious housewives and you know just you know, raw, raw, you know, women, we, we love our, you know, our girls. I love it. Yeah. Um, where but I do love, of course I love male comedy too. Like, you know, with the funniest husbands, I love the funniest husbands. Yeah. I'm more likely to watch, um, a female comics special than a, than a guy, a dude. Well, there's some guys that I like, like John Mulaney special and Nate Bergazzi. I like, I like their comedy, um, specials. Did you see the documentary? Of course, I'm going to blank out on the name. He was on SNL and he had horrible, you know, bipolar and he was abused as a child. Well, I think we started watching it and I don't know if I. Oh, it was so riveting. It It was so good. Well, I hope The Funniest Housewives, I'm going to get it out there. I want it to, it could be, be a documentary and I have all the footage to back it up. That would be great. You should do it. Yeah, I'm trying. So my son, you brought up my son. So he went out, um, he was incarcerated for a long time. And then he, um, they, they recruit the prisoners to fight fire in California, which a lot of people don't know. And they get paid like 35 cents a day. I mean, it's awful. It's like slavery. Um, so um, after he got out of prison, I gave him a camera and I said, hey, can you just take some pictures of me at my shows? And, you know, I just, and then one thing led to another and now he's in, he went to LA film school um, they weren't going to let him in at first because, you know, he's a felon. And then he had to go speak to the board. They're like, oh, we love you and we'll pay for it. Anyway, so he is so talented. And um, so when George Floyd was killed, he went out to um, Minneapolis and did a um, uh, documentary. It's so riveting. It is so phenomenal. It is. I'm so excited about it. And it's and then the music is all from Orange County based, you know, hip hop artists and stuff. Yeah. So where can we we watch it? um, Well, it's finished and we're not letting it out yet because we're meeting with Hulu and Netflix to get it. Yes. Yeah. We're really excited. Yeah. So I'm like here and then here's this. And then my, and then then my daughter just published a book. Oh my goodness. She was at my house in August and she was doing wash and she had, because mom, I have all my ex-boyfriend's t-shirts. Why do I do, why do I keep these? And I go, she goes, I should model them and make a book. I go, yeah. And call it, you ain't sure. Like you ain't shit. Yeah. And she ends up doing, um, it's phenomenal. 65 
women from all over, like different, you know, uh, you know, ethnicity, you know, black, white, Asian, transgender, gay, whatever, 65 women that are modeling their boyfriend's shirts. And it's in three chapters, the breakup, the healing and the lesson. It is so empowering. It is this, you know, it's this big book. Um, here, I have it. Let me show you. I have it right here. As a matter of fact, this wasn't planned. <laughs> the book, You Ain't Shirt. You Ain't Shirt. That's so clever. And it's got like all these, it's just all these Oh women and um stuff and but it's so empowering and talk about phenomenal um you know quotes and stuff because you know young women are like I'm gonna kill myself my boyfriend broke up well you're gonna meet 20 more of those along the way right right you know, we have to know it's there it, these are lessons for us and you know inspirations and we learn and we heal and we get stronger and we have someone better there's not one relationship where you look back and go oh my god I wish that would have worked out every guy I <laughs> Totally. Woo, been plenty. I'm like, yes. thanks. <laughs> what a, it, what a powerful family you have. Uh, yeah, we're hustling. Uh, where can we, well, I'll, I'll tag you and everything, but where can we follow you on Instagram, on Instagram? And all. the funniest housewives are Julie kid, the funny mom. And I'm on TikTok. And, um, uh, but so funniesthousewives.com. It's funny mom product. It'll show funny mom productions, but funniesthousewives.com. Um, funniest housewives is on uh, Instagram or Julie kid, the funny mom. And then um, my daughter, her thing is uh, you ain't shirt.com. You know, and get, yes. And get Julie's book, the funniest housewives at funniest housewives. If, if people want it, of course you're, I'm giving, you know, the, the women that are in it, I'm obviously sending a, you know, a book to them because I'm so, honored that you guys all you know part, you know contributed I mean it, it's a that's a big part of the book and um so I'm gonna send everyone a copy and you know you'll, my mind goes you'll love it or hate it or but I think wait. Love it.